ஸ்ரீ குருபியோ நமஹா விஜயதசமி சுபாகாங்க்ஷலு ஐ வாம்லி வெல்கம் யூ ஆல் டு திஸ் கான்வர்சேஷன் வித் பி எஸ் நரசிம்மகாரு ஆஸ் யூ மே ஹாவ் சீன் அவர் மெயில் ஆஸ் வெல் ஆஸ் அவர் அனௌன்ஸ்மெண்ட் ஏர்லியர் திஸ் மார்னிங் வி ஹாவ் எஸ்டாப்ளிஷ்ட் அவர் ஃபோர்த் சென்டர் center for indic studies in law and justice narsimagaru is a senior counsel at the supreme court and is also a trustee of justice p kodandramaya foundation and he will tell us about his vision for this center before that i will just briefly outline the activities of indic academy and the overall strategy indic academy is a non traditional university for traditional knowledge and we seek to preserve protect and promote our civilizational thought intellectually culturally spiritually using a three horizon framework of near term medium term and long term we do this by establishing thought centers and platforms and we do activities across the value chain of research publications courses events networks collaborations and grants that is the value chain we look at in terms of thought centers we have currently established three thought centers the first thought center we have established is a intergurukula university center this center the primary focus of the center is to bring about a, to build a bridge between shastras and indic knowledge systems and the study of indic knowledge systems which is known as indology so we seek to build a bridge between all these three we also speak to uh, seek to build a bridge between disciplines and promote interdisciplinary multidisciplinary and transdisciplinary thinking lastly we seek to build bridges between the east and the western civilizations we seek to do this in multiple ways we are a research hub we have now announced 83 short term research fellowships so we are aiming to become a, a research hub then we also publish books and then we convert them into courses and finally we conduct events be it conferences seminars workshops book launches festivals so these thought centers do these activities we also have a center center for soft power and another center center for indigenous sustainability so this center for indic studies in law and justice is our fourth center and as narsimagaru will outline we are planning the same template we aim to do research we aim to publish we will also uh, uh, do courses and we'll also do events we'll also build a network of universities and institutions involved in this so now i request narsimagaru to outline his vision for this center narsimagaru thank you harigar um today it's actually a very great day because uh, we are now thinking of putting into practice the ideas that we had for a very long time which emanated many years back because of the problems that we faced from time to time about the interpretations about non implementation of the actual value systems that we had 
in terms of the judgments of courts or decisions taken by the government from time to time with this lived experience we thought it is necessary that we study what our shastra specifically provided for us and then on that basis create a structure and ensure that it is implemented this thought was going on for a very long time and we were discussing this with uh, good friends over a period of time one or two areas where this needed to be done was the legal practice it was also the area of public discourse even the area of parliament journalism all these public institutions we should call them institutions because there is an accessibility to everybody there needed a fresh approach an approach which went very well and easily with our kind of a thought but that was just not possible so fortunately today we have with us uh, sai garu sai susarla and nagraj paturi also who will be discussing along with us the ideas that we had uh, three or four major problems we faced in this context one is our education being basically in english and uh, most of us through the english medium schools either that traditionally one would learn what the knowledge systems that we had earlier or we don't know anything about it at all so much so there is total and absolute ignorance about the knowledge systems that existed which could be utilized by us for the purpose of assisting and aiding our democracy with this uh, gap that we had the primary thing which needed to be done is to first and foremostly understand whether there are any systems that existed which would help us in the democratic process our assumptions all through had been that uh, uh, if we talk of uh, uh, our religion we only talk thought of gods pujas and our dharmas but then is there anything which would help us in structuring our uh, politics in structuring our living so exposure to shastras was therefore very very necessary that knowledge became uh an aspect which youngsters need to read need to study need to understand without that understanding one would not even have a glimpse of what is the scientific perspective that we had which could which can be used for our uh, society on day to day basis in, even in our constitution interpretation or uh, analyzing and judging any contentious issue biggest problem there again was that uh, even one had studied the shastrik knowledge then there were no easy ways by which you could relate it to others unless you are a specialist in an area so there was there were no material available let me give you an example uh, if we are taking the segment of law in law the contribution of shastrik knowledge is immense and the knowledge is not available easily to lawyers there is no method by which that knowledge could be translated to lawyers unless there is self motivated uh, motivation of the lawyer to go study them and then seek to implement them we had to bridge that gap number one for that we thought that we will train some lawyers from uh, with respect to certain shastrik uh, 
knowledge systems relating to let us say we we keep justice systems a little aside we talk about uh, matters relating to logic interpretations evidence argumentation all these knowledge systems which are available in shastric perspective are uh, not accessible so therefore the first step was to create a system by which the lawyers could be briefed so with this thought we worked for a while and uh, it was not easy lawyers were very very busy and uh, the language barrier was enormous so lawyers could not be so easily taught also and the teachers also had their own way of teaching lawyers so this experimentation went on for some time and it was all individual based unless cities institutionalized in a way of a school or an or an organization which would take it up and do it in the form of an organization i thought it was not possible it is at that stage that i spoke about this idea to harikiran garu and uh, he said that we must uh, put in whatever is necessary to implement this so that's how we came up with uh, this idea of center for indic studies of law and justice what we propose to do is to first of all use this center as a channel or a bridge between two knowledge systems the first knowledge system we thought we have the best of the minds in all professions so like let be it lawyer be it uh, advocacy or be it uh, judiciary journalism or whatever it may be we have the best of the brains in the world and uh, some top professionals available they also have at the same time an inclination to utilize the any knowledge for that matter it needn't be ancient indian knowledge any knowledge for that matter if it is useful for us to resolve a problem any kind of a problem then they are willing to do it but then the problem is how do we take the knowledge system to them so that they would carry it and then implement and apply it in the in solving the problem and then the country looks at the introduction of the new knowledge system that was a big problem so uh, the first thing we thought is that we will create the knowledge system a pedagogy a system by which the knowledge could be brought to them in a methodology in a, in a, in in a way that it will be useful for these lawyers to immediately absorb and then implement it it is in that process that uh, we identified certain areas uh, to start with law which could be useful even for other professions also and uh, that could be first and foremostly the principles of justice system which would uh, relate to uh, how would uh, uh, the problems between two state organizations get resolved if it's a clash between center and state it's a clash between the judiciary and the executive or the parliament for that matter how are the distribution of powers between these institutions resolvable in which manner what are the principles for that so we have for that justice systems and we have for that systems which will tell us how to limit the powers available in our shastra so we will have to formulate it we will have to formulate it in a method and a manner which will be useful for a court to pick it up and then implement it the approach is completely different when we compare west and east western approach breaks everything into bits and pieces it creates institutions it says this is the institution of judiciary this is the institution of uh, Uh, of executive a parliament and things like that and for every such segment they have developed principles separation of powers is a principle rule of law is a principle it will apply as an institutional 
jurisprudence but whereas our approach had been very different there is nothing like a a, a knowledge system applicable for one uh, segment and doesn't apply to other we have adopted a justice system which we call as dharma system which uh, transcends an individual to his family to the society to the state to the organization and till the ultimate federation each one has its own dharma and at the same time the entire institution also has its dharma everything is integrated with one another this is a holistic thing and that's how the indian jurisprudence had looked at things we didn't look at bits and pieces uh, when uh, we had this problem constantly you know when uh, after the whole long of uh, whole uh, debate in the parliament uh, for the uh, with the time of the making of the constitution by the end of it ambedkar said uh, we have created the best of the constitution but uh, if we don't have the good people to manage it this constitution is of no avail to us and at the same time if you have very good people we don't even need the constitution which means that there is an individual there is an institution how to bridge this gap west doesn't teach us that it only lays down the institution the structure so far as the individual is concerned he is on his own the question that arises as to what is this system methodology or the school where you forge that kind of a character in the individual who becomes suitable to run the institutions that's a big gap and because of that the present democracy has all sorts of problems we have uh, the best of the Uh, constitutional systems but we would say that uh, the man who is occupying that position is not good so therefore the system crumbles because of that then where does that obligation come in how does the concept of good character become a public law character it's not a it's not merely the domain of religion it's not merely the domain of private morals or upbringing in the house of a person to have that kind of a moral character which will enable him to occupy the highest post or any post for that matter even a school teacher that system i think we can supply that is what we can provide and it will be extraordinary contribution from our side thank you thank you rasmgaru i need to work on that we need to work on that that's how we should uh, build the system so far as the justice jurisprudence is concerned and i think through the center through harigaru we can work on that institutionalize step by step build on that i uh, uh, nagraj garu would you like to share a few thoughts uh, 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 can you switch off switch on your uh, yeah. i'm as excited as uh, Uh, every other panelist today uh, as uh, nasima garu uh, has been saying this has been a long long discussion uh, towards uh, starting this center launching this center and i am also happy to share that i have been associated uh, uh, with pamdigantam uh, godan ramai garu in whose name the uh, center is being instituted uh i was very happy and excited to get introduced to narsimha garu through harikiran ji uh and once we got introduced there were long long repeated discussions about the necessity of uh, such a center and the necessity of courses uh, particularly at a postgraduate level and research level uh llm and phd in law and justice uh, kind of courses uh and uh, in fact uh, there have been attempts uh, in some of the institutions uh, which are indic oriented to start uh, llm courses uh, with indic orientation and there has been a small attempt in nagpur also towards uh, start uh, creating an llm uh, 
workforce uh, with an indic approach the narsimadaru uh, went through these experiences and uh, he shared that he was not uh, uh, satisfied with the progress with the developments uh, so far and uh, he realized that uh, unless we start our own uh, institute center uh, the uh, things cannot progress the way uh, we uh, are envisioning or dreaming to happen the uh, during uh, nasimadaru's talk uh, we heard words like west and east actually uh, if we go into the world in general loka in general from a shastric vocabulary in shastra we use the word loka if we go into the loka what uh, is being mentioned here in this discussion as the best is the law the justice the jurisprudence it is not a western jurisprudence or western law or western justice the the, the tag western is uh, being given by us when we are trying to uh, do the reverse gaze or when we are trying to uh, take a step back and look at where we are what is happening otherwise for a general lawyer for a general uh, judge in a court in india it is dala it is the justice it is the jurisprudence it has become mainstream so much that uh, the uh, fact that it has got roots in the western culture and western society is almost forgotten people are not conscious about it but worldwide today there are uh, movements and approaches and developments all over where for example the human rights charter gets questioned by many communities all over the world uh, from the point of view of cultural sensitivity in the drafting of the charter itself in the listing of human rights itself and many indigenous societies african and south american and many other societies all over the world are uh, not happy with the fundamental principles behind the formulations of uh, principles of justice uh, uh, in the present system so uh, in this scenario india has a great role to play as one of those indigenous communities which is also now emerging to uh, question uh, the foundations of the uh, present field of law and principles of justice and jurisprudence we uh, actually the whole world is waiting for us uh, to contribute because the other indigenous societies which are uh, trying to critique and contribute uh, to the field from their point of view are not as privileged as we are uh, in terms of having a very well built shastric system uh their critique is coming from a very general cultural approach uh, from their own cultural understanding of uh, their own day to day life whereas here we are privileged to have uh, shastras and uh, we here at indic academy and uh, at mit school of vedic sciences in pune and many other places we are doing a mapping between uh, indic knowledge systems traditional indic knowledge systems and the contemporary academic disciplines where you probably may not have say for example a discipline of academic discipline of law or academic discipline of profession exactly comparable to the contemporary system uh, if for example if there is an academic discipline of psychology uh, today if we have to draw ideas from the shastras we may have to go to different shastras like vedanta yoga sankhya and many other disciplines and draw the ideas from various other disciplines various different disciplines uh, on the shastra side and compile them and uh, provide a uh, vedic psychology uh, content for a contemporary academic discipline of uh, psychology or contemporary profession of psychology in the same way 
for law and justice also you cannot say that oh this is the shastra from where this was the uh, shastric equivalent of contemporary law discipline right. uh, the uh, for example uh, there is a general uh, uh, misnomer that dharma shastra or a dharma shastra book was the law for them uh but it it's well known that, uh, that uh, the idea of law and idea of dharma shastra completely two different animals right uh so uh, where from do you draw uh, inputs for the contemporary academic uh, discipline or profession of uh, law and uh, justice uh this mapping uh has to be done and we have almost uh, done it already we we have been doing it from which traditional disciplines from which shastras we can uh, draw ideas that are useful for uh the contemporary uh, profession of law or academic discipline of uh, law and justice uh some of the fundamental ideas that uh, narsimha garu has been raising for example uh, he has been talking about virtue ethics uh, as a fundamental radicalizing idea uh, uh, to be contributed to the present constitutional thinking and also uh, towards legal and judicial uh, justice thinking Uh, that's what he was in a very simple terms in popular terms he was talking about individual and institution so uh, that individual and institution co- uh, connection comes uh, when you realize that uh, virtue of the individual has a great role to play in the delivery of uh, uh, justice and formulation of uh, law formulation of legislation and execution of the law and uh, deciding uh, when there is a dispute uh presently we have uh, uh issues like uh, liberty uh, a very very big uh, topic in uh, law uh, equality is also a very big slogan uh narsimha garu has been uh, asking us to focus on the third in the french slogan fraternity uh, so he has been saying that we have to uh, contribute to the con- contemporary thinking of law and justice by bringing in the idea of fraternity community uh, all this because the overemphasis on the other two slogans uh, has uh, uh, led to a lopsided uh, approach to Uh, the fundamental principles of justice uh, these are some of the fundamental philosophical uh, questions on uh, which we have to at least initiate the discussion among the legal and judicial circles and uh, uh, this center will not only initiate the discussion it is going to uh, formulate and uh, curr- curriculum design and Uh, with a strong pedagogy will bring in whatever is required for uh, both the academic disciplines and professions of uh, uh, law and justice to be strengthened on the basis or on the foundations of vedic uh, shastric understanding of the issues relevant to these uh, discipline and professions adding to this adding to this i just wanted to say that uh, center is open ended in the sense that the final objective is only pursuit of truth and knowledge wherever knowledge system is available east west or wherever it may be it doesn't really matter as long as that system if upon testing by us and analyzing and understanding is of a better value or if it is closer to truth then that should be the one which should be utilized and it's also a kind of a exploration why we talk about shastrik is for the reason that it has not been explored explored and there is an hunch or that some idea that there is definitely a much uh, a valued resource available there 
but then nobody has looked into it in detail from the perspective of professions and their utility. So then let us explore, see how it could be used here with benefits, uh, with a good amount of benefit. Then if it is not useful, then we will move on. We'll find something better. That has been our approach all through. Indian Indic approach has always been not being stuck with any one knowledge uh, system. That's how we have developed on the thought of uh, uh, on ideas from time to time. Thank you. Sai Garu, can we have uh, your uh, comments? Uh, uh, you're uh, muted. So, um, as, a, as a person who um, wants to bring contemporary relevance to the um, Indian knowledge and looking at it from the perspective of what value it brings to the society today, I'm very, very excited to see this, uh, um, this happening in the domain of law and justice. Um, and, uh, and especially because to, uh, Shastra study has been happening in the recent times in the preservation mode to kind of uh, retain what was there and transmit to the next generation. And uh, the time has come and, it, uh, in the, and the stars are aligned to be able to actually give that uh, community um, a chance to actually take it to the mission mode and, and uh, 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 what you call exploration mode. Okay, and uh, that can be done only when in an ecosystem where there is, uh, which acts as a bridge between these uh, two types of thinking. And uh, that's the, I feel that that is the, uh, that's a very great prospect that the Center for Indic Studies in Law and Justice brings. Um, and, uh, and also there are three, uh, there are two aspects um, in which uh, Shastrik system can contribute in my hunch um, as uh, Ji was mentioning, one is the intellectual space of inference, interpretation, those kinds of things, and in the principles and culture space of what constitutes justice. Okay, so in in the in the area of interference and interpretation, also there is a huge amount of uh, uh, contribution that uh, uh, Bharatiya Vijnan, the scientific uh, uh, structure, brings. And uh, I feel that that is not only in the, in the realm of uh, making um, the court proceedings or the, the transactions more rigorous and uh, uh, what you call uh, amenable to clarity, and, but also to reduce the amount of, um, reduce the amount of frivolous um, uh, like, or things that can be made less Man, uh, things that can be made less manual so that you can actually focus on the more important, more uh, difficult problems to address by bringing in technology uh, in, into, the, into the picture. And the codification that Shastras bring to the areas of uh, inference and interpretation can help a lot and com when combined with artificial intelligence. So I am excited about that also. Um, so uh, I'm, uh, I'm very happy to see this going on. Thank you. Thank you, Saigaru. You have uh, done uh, immense work in uh, converting our knowledge systems into actual tangible courses. So just in terms of uh, specific uh, uh, modules that uh, uh, we can think of, uh, what, would, what would you be your suggestions? You, I know you were talking about logic and uh, inference, but more, uh, can you be more specific in terms of your thoughts In the, in the area of representing of cases, okay, um, the, the more precisely you can represent uh, an argument or, or a case being made, um, and, and the more you remove the ambiguity in the, in the representation, the uh, faster you can resolve the cases, that is one thing. And, uh, and the modern technology has gone a long way in addressing this very aspect, how to de deal with ambiguity on the one hand and Shastras bring how to reduce ambiguity on the other. 
so if these two can be brought together for instance we can do we can help lawyers for instance in um doing like the 80% of the difficulty difficult uh, uh, aspect of figuring out what is the actual core problem here by engaging machine intelligence to into the picture that's one ex- one example i i can think of so nyaya shastra you know mimamsa those can, these things can help there thank you nasiba garu uh, like ayan uh, was mentioning about second yes yes uh, he was talking so he was talking about one is the actual representation evidence uh, you you were talking about evidence and second is the actual justice part of it and based on the issues that we face we we have ourselves in the recent past uh, faced uh, uh, a few of uh, cultural issues uh, whether it is uh, sabarimala or ayodhya so there we we actually felt the need for uh uh the representation as well as the understanding to be rooted in our in our tradition do you think this uh, this would how do you see this making a difference there so broadly as i was saying that uh, if we categorize uh, the knowledge that we can import from our uh, our existing indic systems uh, one is as i was telling you that uh, something of justice oriented systems second is the pragmatic systems uh, that is evidence that is about uh, good methods of arguments proper reasonings in a judgment these are far more important and we don't really talk much about that and there is a lot of science in that i'm using the expression science in the sense that uh, if we talk of indians indian evidence act indian evidence act is in the nature of very beautifully laid down structure under which inquiry into any fact is to be found if a statement is to be believed how it is to be believed if a fact is to be proved how a fact is to be proved and uh, how a system of uh, inference can be drawn by a judge what is reasonableness so these are the kind of a things over decades uh, the western methodologies have developed concepts now uh, it is not that there are no such concepts uh, existing in indic law but then those need to be identified and brought about that's the very that's the major portion of our work which we are going to undertake uh, like for example if a judge is to draw an inference what is the standard of such inference the law says that he should look at it from the standpoint of a reasonable man if he in if he looks at this fact situation how would he conclude the same standard must apply so the other day when i had with had a meeting uh, along with uh, sai ji with many scholars we put those questions to them in criminal law we have this concept of proof beyond reasonable doubt now under shastrik law what is this proof what is the equivalent concept or is there a better concept you know these are the things these are the areas that we need to explore and uh, it will be a very it's actually a very very interesting uh, uh, thing when we took our existing legal system to the shastrik scholars and told them this is what we do every day in a court of law and do you look at it in a different way in finding out what uh, how to arrive at the uh, proof of a fact what is the definition of a proof sailor has prepared a whole list of things which are very interesting for anybody for that matter to look into it so in each of these uh, we need uh, a coordination between our our shastrik scholars on the one hand and the professionals on the other so both come together there must be a convergence that must happen so there will be a handshake between the knowledge systems of both and there could be a process by which each they will definitely be benefited both of them will be benefited but in this process we will get a better system where we will use both and improve the present systems on the basis of what is found to be the best possible knowledge which could be used so this process is on what we did is we have identified certain areas of uh, of uh, legal practice 
our uh, we will perhaps over a period of time also do this with respect to journalism we would perhaps do this with uh, sociology and other areas environment is a very beautiful topic you know we utilize some portions of our indic law when we were arguing cases before the supreme court like uh, i'll tell you one example where uh, the western concept was the world was created for humans this is a biblical uh, Uh, Abrahamic approach: World was created for humans, so therefore they said, for future generations of humans, you will have to safeguard this world. So they developed the concept called intergenerational equity. So therefore, one generation must safeguard the environment for the next generation. If you swallow everything now and spoil the entire rivers, the forests, what will remain for our children? but then the question arises is it only that humans if some plant some uh, weed is of no value to humans then we will say our future our children also don't need it so therefore you can destroy it that approach is not a correct approach but so far as the eastern approach is concerned with respect to environment it had always been that humans are only part of the existing existence he has as much a role as that of a ant as we used to say our parents our grandparents used to say what a small ant has as much a right over the planet and uh, can assert as much um, claim over this uh, ecology as any human could be so therefore what does you you are not the owner of this world so that approach had been very different so that has been imported into environment law and uh, supreme court adopted that when we argued this case saying that don't look at it in the perspective of whether everything is in need uh, will be of utility to humans or not look at it from the perspective of the ecology as such and safeguard it so therefore safeguarding the ecology for the purpose of the ecology itself that's a very higher principle than that of the intergenerational equity principle like that we could benefit our jurisprudence by adopting something better from that there are large number of such things which we could utilize we could utilize uh, like very great many principles like for example every day we fight about this concept of how to manage right to speech what are the limitations of right to speech what is a hate speech what are the limit is a hate speech also a right to speech these issues are not actually taken to schools of uh, learning in uh, shastrik schools when i was speaking at uh, tirupati university uh, on the occasion of on some occasion i was saying that the world needs you world needs your knowledge and um, later my understanding is that they need to know this world also it's not that this shastrik knowledge must be confined to schools and colleges where some teachers uh, learn nyaya shastra or vaisheshika shastra and then do nothing but teach the next student these have a great practical value also you can resolve a problem you can if you have a better definition of what a conspiracy is then that will be useful in identifying a criminal case of defining what whether a person falls within the ambit of a conspiracy or not if uh, the definitions are precise clearer then we must adopt them this is the thing which needs to be done our process is this of course uh, hari ji what you halprem uh, garu what you are saying is jurisprudential concepts like speech equality religion um and uh, justice principles is there any concept of uh, let us say restraint or dama or self restraint maryada equivalent to that of uh, anything in the constitution where uh, a self imposed restraint in the fundamental rights is only a right you exercise but is there any concept where before you exercise the fundamental right because you claim a right right is you demand a right but does it put an obligation on a citizen 
to not to demand because of some kind of a restraint he must exercise by himself so these are jurisprudential areas which need to be explored these are very important and very big issues and uh, the process by which we will uh, go through them through the scholars through debate the discussion is a long process but i am sure we will be able to come up with beautiful concepts beautiful ideas great amount of clarity on uh, the obligations of a state the, the limits of freedom in fact our systems uh, are in aid of those who would always advocate that the freedoms are the most important principles of any constitution in fact we would while we say that fraternity must be an important aspect only from indian perspective that fraternity can be exercised with great freedom in it in the west there is a problem with fraternity they say fraternity is actually a kind of a social or a group right which takes away an individual right but we don't look at it like that our perspective is very different our perspective is as much freedom and as much duty uh, as much duty yeah i would put it like that as much duty duty not as an obligation from outside it's a self imposed self imposed self imposed that's the greatest part which their perspective have not seen fraternity is something which is super imposed but whereas our perspective of fraternity is is a self emanated it's a, it's a, it's it's a something which we generate within ourselves for the betterment or benefit of the other that's a very different so therefore one should refine these concepts develop this concept over a period of time with the coordination one would develop the concepts and uh, uh, what we propose to do is uh, we would um, want individual topics for example uh, something like take the example of speech in the perspective of jurisprudence so the entire debate is there what is the hate speech whether uh, what are the limits of speech can journalists talk so much non stop on tv and where is where are the limitations for that there is no restriction as of now government is toying of creating one so far as satellite televisions are concerned there is no uh, unlike the cable television act for them there is no other law so if you provide a law then uh, what are the limitations of that pre publication uh, limitations are not permissible so we discuss this concept of speech as we know and understand in our jurisprudence indic jurisprudence and explore it how is it that we had so much of freedom of speech and uh, was there a problem of restrainment of the freedom if there wasn't there are so many instances where uh, uh, gurukulas the teachers could say anything but that the king king could not stop him it was an accepted norm what is that i mean why did it happen like that that kings also felt at one stage that we can't stop anybody from uh, expressing his ideas and thoughts we should gather those and then examine this and then publish them and let it let us put that in debate take for example rule of law rule of law simply says that ultimately the i was discussing this with nagaraj garu the king is not the sovereign is not the last word western concept is king does no wrong but we never ever at any point of time followed this concept for us rule of law always existed because dharma if it is violated by the king king can be put to death so everybody recognize that there is a higher principle but we have never formulated in the context of legal practice in courts jurisprudence we need to compile them we need to put them in a manner which would be textbooks or journals or articles which could be utilized and brought forth and uh, implemented nagarajan so, how do you see this uh, building of the bridge how do you see uh, the uh, shastra scholars the traditional scholars responding to uh, responding to the 
the modern lawyers. Uh, do you think this bridge is, uh, we have been trying to build a bridge, of course, Intergurukula University Center is all about building bridges. But uh, how do you see in this domain, do you think uh, it's, uh, it's doable, easy? What are your thoughts on this? With our experience with the Shastric scholars, with our uh, experience in conversing with the Shastric scholars, uh, we see a very great hope. Uh, <clears throat> because uh, as uh, Sri Narsimagaru was uh, mentioning, uh, they are gradually realizing uh, once uh, we are putting these two sides in conversation with each other, they are realizing a great relevance of what they have learned to the contemporary studies. So that gives them uh, a, a positive, optimistic thinking about uh, what Shastra can do to the contemporary society. And uh, uh, for us, uh, their optimism is a great hope, actually. Uh, the, the way they are responding now, they are realizing that uh, uh, their studies are not limited to Vakyartha Sadas, uh, for example, about Advaita Vedanta uh, or Advaita Vedanta. So, my Nyaya, my Mimamsa is useful in a uh, Vakyartha Sadas about Advaita Vedanta only is now uh, what, is, what they are losing. They, they are gradually realizing that uh, there is a great role uh, beyond uh, these uh, traditional uh, Shastric studies, Adhyayana, Adhyapana in their uh, Gurukula and uh, uh, the Vada uh, and Charcha in a Vakyartha Sadas. There is, uh, for example, the methodology that I have been using in my uh, pedagogy or in my debates or in my discussions and arguments uh, or uh, what uh, uh, they are comparable to what is happening in the courts of law uh, between a lawyer, between two lawyers and the lawyer and the judge uh, and all that. So uh, why not I contribute to this area uh, is what they are gradually realizing now. They're, they're excited about these possibilities that uh, uh, they can contribute to these uh, areas. And even uh, areas like philosophies of justice, uh, all these areas, even inside a university system, let me share, have been uh, completely underrated. Uh, for example, if there is a philosophy department uh, asking for applications, if there are 40 seats, in some cases, there are only six applications. Uh, so the, the society itself has been underrating these areas uh, simply because we have been uh, spending even the contemporary philosophy departments of the universities have, have been spending time in, say, for example, a course on logic for the sake of logic. Uh, and if there is a course of uh, philosophy of science, no science department knows it. Uh, I uh, struggled very, very hard while I was at the University of Hyderabad to convince the vice chancellors uh, to implement philosophy of science courses in science department, but that is not there. There is political philosophy inside the uh, philosophy department. Political science student does not know that. Uh, there is social philosophy. Actually, what they call ethics comes under this. The whole discussion of ethics is uh, discussed under social philosophy and philosophy department. But sociology students do not know this, that there is a philosophy department just next door where they are doing this. So even within the contemporary system, the relation between uh, areas like philosophy and uh, the contemporary social sciences and humanities disciplines is not fully realized at all. Uh, uh, we are thinking that it is from the Shastras that we are not realizing. On the contemporary side itself, we have not realized. He, the students of law, for example, a student of LLB, uh, does he know about how much philosophy is there in what he has to do uh, when he goes into the world of practice? Uh, only in some course at the, towards the end of LLM, when jurisprudence is discussed, then he begins to realize that some philosophy is being discussed here. Uh, but uh, once, they, once the whole world of uh, academic discipline 
and profession of law and justice uh, on the one hand and the university uh, departments of uh, philosophy and uh, the shastra side they all begin to realize that uh, there is a great relevance to things that have been all these days thought of, thought to be some uh, useless uh, luxury discussions inside some forest areas or in some isolated university academic department of philosophy which no one comes and attends and cares for uh, now a relevance can be created once this bridging of uh, not just uh, gurukulas and the universities within the universities also the relevant disciplines of humanities and the social sciences and uh, the academic uh, universities and the law colleges uh, so much of bridging is needed here so which is not there which is not there today but once you show the possibilities and necessities of these uh, uh, bridgings i am sure everyone will be excited because they are no longer people of irrelevance uh so i and i'm able to see that wherever i go and talk about these people are getting excited about these possibilities i have a point to make uh you're on mute uh, yeah, yeah please uh, please uh, we yeah. have another 10 minutes so we can yeah so uh, just uh, um this uh, announcement wouldn't have come at a better time because uh, we have recently conducted a series of uh, talks on how to transform humanities into human sciences by professor nagraj ji and uh, i'm very happy to report that uh, our next deep dive session uh, we have taken 10 10 areas and one of them is actually law and governance and um, we are going to start a course on a short course 15 hour course uh, on uh, law and governance and uh, vedic perspective what vedic or uh, uh, shastrik Uh, discipline can bring to the theory and practice of law and governance um i think that basically provides the see in the modern parlance what is called as philosophy we call as models okay a model is very important to be able to represent something and to, to reason about something and uh, um unless you transform whatever knowledge is available in terms of models you cannot actually uh reason about it and actually discuss it in a in a coherent way and uh, we want to see how shastrik understanding can be brought into the modern parlance in the form of a model okay um so that uh, that is one of course and of course the what are the foundations of law what is what is the what are the foundational principles of justice and then how to look at uh, the modern justice system from that lens okay so indian system provides a lens of looking at things and uh, this course is going to offer that um, it's a good start it's a good initial um, uh, segue into this world thank you thank you sir sir uh, can we have a last uh, comments uh, narsimgaru uh, also want you to uh, deal a bit uh, in your closing remarks about uh, uh, unfortunately i think uh, the uh, the duties of uh, citizen has been uh, sort of Come in seventy-five when it was not exactly a right time to uh, uh, come into the constitution, uh, but we have not uh, really heard so much of uh, uh, so much on that topic. Uh, 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 just in terms of uh, highlighting the, the duties of a citizen, uh, could you just uh, uh, deal with that and see how that uh, uh, dovetails into uh, dharma and, uh, uh, and 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 the Indic? Was, uh, that's an interesting topic. As I was saying, that the way um, the West builds the concepts and principles, they are they are segmented. If you are talking of right, then absolute right. They don't talk of anything else. But we did a method by which we prescribed rights in the Constitution, but. also at the same time prescribed limitations where the state could limit the freedoms there was no place for duties because they were talking of rights now the question is is this the way is this the only way to look at it rights are to be exercised by individuals 
the same person sits in the government and exercises the limitations the same person is again as a citizen to exercise the duties also so person is the same so why are we talking of different things a person exercising right as if he is one individual exercising the power of a state sitting in the government as one individual and then sitting in sitting as a citizen has at the same time also an obligation so this is a structural thing which the perspective that the western model has so then we will have to look at it in a different perspective whether these could be modulated and within the framework of the constitution you could read by interpretation in the existing right itself in the existing right itself a self imposed obligation where an individual feels that he has a duty towards the society and then modulates his own character without a superimposition of any power what is that method that we need to develop in that and at the same time the person exercising the power under the government would also look at it with certain inherent obligations that he should permit and let the freedom be exercised so that's a jurisprudence which needs to be developed and i think our systems will be able to contribute so far as they are concerned but uh, by concluding the job of uh, the uh, society that uh, the center is many fold including one of the biggest problem is the language barrier as i was saying we need to develop terminology simple concept of religion pose so much of a problem because we never had a concept of religion what did we have we only had that freedom to adopt any method which would take us and satisfy us in our inquiry in that absolute freedom that we had we had no concept of a conversion of somebody who is sakteya we don't have to do a conversion to go to a Uh, some some somebody who is purely on bhakti or purely on advaita so it was a freedom absolute and total freedom so far as the religion is concerned but when we have adopted the definition of religion we fell into a framework created by them and we have to live by that freedom by that definition so biggest problem is again terminology vocabulary how are we going to deal with it there are concepts which have no parallels so are we how are we to create that parallel and bring it into usage uh, if you say respect for maryada maryada has a whole lot of concept which is these are all nothing to do with religion it's a restraint some kind of a restraint self imposed restraint how do you bring that into legal if i go to a court of law and say this is not my maryada where do i stand what is the equivalent it's if i say this is not my respect it makes no sense so there are very many concepts which need to be understood for that the right word formulated and then it automatically comes into existence if you don't create terminology if you don't prescribe uh, meaning to certain words for usage in english then that concept itself won't exist so we need to create that and uh, legal history is another thing which uh, my sister is a professor she keeps also telling me about that legal history is also very important uh, aspect that we need to work on she is also in today's webinar so uh, we need to work on such things so legal history will create our center will look into that we'll we'll examine that we'll create the necessary we will uh, entrust topics to a group of people to research and then uh, produce the necessary treatises and text for us to take it forward that's lot of other things that we are looking at under your leadership <laughs> thank you and i hand it over back to you thank you thank you so much asamkar it's exactly. we are grateful to you we are grateful to you very much for giving us this infrastructure 
and uh, you know uh, these are not possible for individuals to do unless you have a teamwork of large number of people working over uh, uh, various concepts it will not be possible we have to pool our resources we'll have to pool our ideas thoughts and then pool others who are parallelly working so one of the ideals of this center is also to provide it provide this as a platform for uh, those who are uh, working in the same field so that there can be exchange of ideas and thoughts on the same topic so many people are working everybody is inventing a wheel it's a lot of time consuming and for nothing why everybody is repeating the same thing if we provide that platform and say that this is an aspect which is being researched upon by this particular school then they will get in touch with them and we should provide that kind of a thing so that there will be cohesion in the working and uh, all of us will be benefited by that thank you thank you rasmagaru it's, uh, it's actually uh, we're deeply grateful to you for uh, giving us this opportunity to partner with you and set up this center uh, there's a lot of uh, what one thing that we noticed is Father that vision. tomorrow is his birthday <laughs> oh that's wonderful okay it's a very great thing for all of us yes so that's wonderful so thank you thank you saiger thank you sorry but this last word my father was also greatly greatly concerned about uh, uh, the concept of dharma and its uh, working in the pravrutti mark in the world in the vyavahara so say, that's the most important aspect of it which could be which these are the our ramayana and mahabharata talk about how they were implemented there are instances where how could be utilized so we'll work on all this as greatly inspired by his ideas and thoughts thank you thank you so much thank this you. is a great muhurta also yes <laughs> jaya dashami is so called because uh, the word vijaya astrologically is a synonym for a lagna called abhijil lagna oh. uh, so this uh, vijaya muhurta it is also called as vijaya muhurta that is why it is called a vijaya dashami that that uh, later became vijayadashami and uh, hampi was founded on this day uh, uh-huh. and it lasted for centuries vidyaranya yeah. uh, yes vidyaranya yes. uh, started and that is why it became vijayanagara and uh, i am sure i am totally confident that this will be another hampi this will be another vidyanagara this will be another uh, uh, institution for centuries to survive wow Great. <laughs> That's wonderful. Thank you. Very, very great. Guys, thank you so much. Thank That's you, everybody. Thank you. Everybody. Thank you, thank you all Thanks. for tuning in. And uh, uh, any of you who want to engage with the center, please write to us at namaste at indica.org.in. And anybody who wants to work with the center, please uh, 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 please send us an, an email with your uh, resume. So we look forward to uh, making the center. We'll put up the details of the working of the center shortly. Shortly. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. Namaskar.